Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. After work one day, I came to Red's, so we had a cup of tea and stuff. And I came back and I was going jogging. You got changed to go jogging, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was on the floor in the bathroom, but I just thought, God, I feel a bit drunk. And like, I didn't have much stuff on, really. It's a bit embarrassing. I was trying to think, oh, I need to get up. And I just couldn't move. So she was trying to get out of the bathroom, but where she had fallen, she was in the way of the door. So she couldn't yeah, yeah. open the door herself. Yeah. So, uh, so I sat there for a while. and I don't know how long it that was. And I got up, I don't know even know, I managed to get up because at the beginning I couldn't, in my arm and my leg, I couldn't move on the one side. Yeah, I don't even know how long that was from there. And I, I, I started right by my bedroom and I just sat there and I just waited, I guess. In my brain, I thought, oh, I thought I was okay. But then people were crying and people coming in and out and, um, they was obviously waiting for the ambulance and I was thinking, well, yeah. But I think from other people, they, they, I just didn't do it. I couldn't say, I couldn't talk, it was... Uh... Yeah, I think it was, it was about two hours, I yeah. think, before her husband John came back and, and found her in the bedroom. I just waited. At work, actually, because we were together, I, she was tired and she's normally, like I said, she, she does a lot of exercise, she's, she's got a lot of get up and go. And she did say she was a, a little tired than normal, not massively tired, but you could you could sense after, obviously, in hindsight, you can you could you look back and you think, oh yeah, she was actually a bit more tired than she was. You could definitely sense her tiredness. Hello, it's Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today we hear from Fiona Cook and her friend Roger, both from the Forest of Dean in Gloucestershire. Fiona suffered a stroke when she was 42 and as a result developed aphasia. Before um, I have family, I have a son and daughter and I like exercise, I like running and we have a lot of friends, I like going out, I like to go to the pub. That's what I used to do before. You, you were always very active. Yeah. Exercise is a, a large part of your daily routine, really. Yeah, that was good. That was all right before. I used to go out a, a lot. I like eating. We used to go to the cinema. And you, wor- you worked and you still work at a place called Rothwell Frost 
Yes, that was it. Yes, uh, my my friend Simon. It's Simon's business. That was it. Yeah, and it was yeah. good. And it was, I was very good at it by the end. At the beginning, I didn't understand, but it's good. Yeah, you you basically do a lot of things. She uses the laser machine. You you make yeah. things, custom things. She does a lot of packing, a lot of organizing. Yeah, it's good. After work one day, I came to Reds. So we had a cup of tea and stuff. And I came back and I was going jogging. You got changed to go jogging, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was on the floor in the bathroom. I just thought, God, I feel a bit drunk. And I didn't have much stuff on, really. It's a bit embarrassing. I was trying to think, I need to get up. And I just couldn't move. You needed to get your clothes on. No, yeah, no. (laughs) I was trying to get it in. And I was just thinking, I don't understand. I just didn't understand at all what was going on, really. And I was trying to get out, but I couldn't understand why I couldn't move. So she was trying to get out of the bathroom, but where she had fallen, she was in the way of the door. So she couldn't open the door herself. Yeah, so uh, so I sat there for a while, and I don't know how long it that was. And I got up. I don't know even know. I managed to get up because at the beginning I couldn't in my arm and my leg. I couldn't move on the one side. Yeah, I don't even know how long that was from there. And I I, I started right by my bedroom, and I just sat there and I just waited. I guess. So you managed to get from the bathroom to your bed. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Um, and then John would have is, is my husband. In my brain, I thought, oh, I thought I was okay. But then people were crying and people coming in and out. And um, they was obviously waiting for the ambulance. And I was thinking, well, yeah. But I think from other people, they, they, I just didn't do it. I couldn't say. I couldn't talk. It was... Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was about two hours, I yeah. think, before her husband, John, came back and, and found her in the bedroom. I just waited. Then I went to the ambulance and I could hear the, the Nina, Nina on the way. And I was listening and thinking, oh, it's not good then, is it really? <laughs> For myself, it's not. It's, but, it, but to me, I thought I felt OK. I was like... Then it kind of went in and out for a while. And then John came again. To the hospital. Yeah. And then I was trying to say something, whatever I was, uh, I just wouldn't talk at all. I couldn't, I didn't, I, I can say myself, I couldn't talk. You could, you could think, yeah. You could think yeah. what you wanted to say. I tried to, to ring you and I couldn't talk. No. I think at that sort of point as well, she had all movement back in her in her limbs yeah um, and she did have a bit of a droop on her face to start with but that corrected itself as well and it was just the the speech the writing reading anything like that from that evening in the hospital was is what you struggled with yeah because there was also there was covid I was on my own for a long time I think John would come one hour he was allowed to come for an hour a day yeah and then what else am I gonna do and I just wanted to come home (laughs) I wanted to come home and I couldn't drink for a while a year before you did have a I have TIA they told me it was very quick and I didn't I couldn't and it felt like I was a bit drunk then and yeah I tried the 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 hospital and they gave me stuff they gave me some pills pills 
And then they say, oh, actually, it's probably a migraine. They took all of my stuff away. Medication, yeah. But since then, obviously, now I'm waiting for a hole in my heart. And I thought that's probably what would have happened anyway. Yeah, she's got a hole in her heart they've found. Possibly the cause. Yeah. Well, the cause, yeah. yeah. Fiona's colleague, Roger, had noticed a change in her that day. At work, actually, because we were together, I, she was tired. And she's normally, like I said, she, she does a lot of exercise. She's, she's got a lot of get up and go. And she did say she was a, a little tired than normal, not massively tired, but you could you could sense after, obviously, in hindsight, you can you could you look back and you think, oh, yeah, she was actually a bit more tired than she was. You could definitely sense her tiredness, but she was still the same. There was no other clues or anything like that. She she popped here first to pick up something. So we had a tea before she went home. Uh, she left probably my husband sort of half past two. And then I got a call from her husband, John, at about six. And he said, you know, Fiona's had a stroke. And I thought he was joking around. I thought he was kidding. You know, we've got a, had a, he's quite a jokey chap as well. So for the first 30 seconds, I thought he was just joking and winding me up. But then when I realised he was telling the truth, um, and he told me then he was off to the hospital to see her, it was just a shock. Being so young and healthy, she's always eaten healthier healthier than me <laughs> she's always has more exercise than me she's um you know she's quite clued up on that sort of thing so it's it was a shock really to hear that she's had a stroke and then I think sort of about nine o'clock that evening John and Fiona tried to video call me from the hospital bed and Fiona couldn't speak she tried to but the wrong words were coming out I just said I you know rest and we'll speak again soon sort of thing and I think part yeah it was a hard couple of days good friends we are and the shock was probably the biggest thing and you you hear of strokes but you don't really know anything about strokes I didn't know what it really meant long term or short term I didn't I didn't really have a clue strokes are bad and you know that so it was it was a tough couple of days I think after a few days again you and John called from the hospital and you managed to say a few little sort of bits um, you're still very, very frustrated and upset. During this time, John kept me informed. I spoke to John a couple of times a day, maybe, and he was just letting me know what was going on. And I think after about a after about a week, I was okay. I went and saw you once, didn't I? Yeah. But yeah, it, the shock is the biggest thing. It's you know, everyday life. It's a, you, you have a normal a routine and things like this, and then all of a sudden, a bombshell like this is dropped. So that's a very difficult thing to sort of get your head around. Coming up, Roger explains Fiona's progress. The improvement is slow with speech and reading, but there is definite, definite improvement. And by going back to work and talking to all these people and almost making herself do it, sometimes she pushes too far, like she said she got tired today. Um, Sometimes she doesn't know where her stop button is. (laughs) But... um, by, by making her talk and constantly doing this, it, you do see a vast improvement. For the days where she, she may be at home and she's sort of just pottering around the house, she can then struggle with her words the following day, and you do notice it. And Fiona has advice for stroke survivors. Just keep going. Just keep going. Because, like, I couldn't talk at all. Like, I couldn't. So I am getting better. Like, I could go a shop. 
on my own, whereas before that would never happen. I'm, I, I'd rather not be on my own, but I could do. So I do think anybody out there, just keep going. Let's hear how Fiona adapted to returning home. When the hospital, I can, I can go home. So I was very good, good about that. Um, You're happy about getting home. Yeah. But when I come home, that's not what I thought it was. I thought it's just everything the same and hopefully it'll be back to normal soon. But I came in there and it was, and it was a lot. There's, um, it's really nice to see my families and stuff and little people. Children. Children. Yeah. Loud. Everyone was loud. I have dogs. They were mine. And they're like, in, out, in, out. And it was just everything. And I, it was just like, it was just different. Little bits of noise would stress her out then. She really needed it sort of quiet. And so, like I say, even though the dogs weren't necessarily barking, but they're walking back and forth, back and forth, seeing people jumping up, not necessarily at you or anything like that. And even in the early days, if there were three, even four people talking, you, you struggled a lot with anything you couldn't focus on words you couldn't really join in in any conversation at the early stage so you did find it hard when you got home didn't you 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 thought it'd be normal yeah it wasn't what I thought it was it just didn't feel right straight away I didn't feel right you sort of said you lost a bit of sort of emotional attachment to the dogs didn't you yeah I talked to the the person um, the therapist. therapy yeah um yeah they said I think emotion that and empathy just didn't didn't feel right six weeks every day I did speech it's mainly speech really I was reading and writing but that was weird it's like I know in there it, it's okay. And you know what they are in your head. Yeah. But everything was always misses. Everyone has misses because I didn't know anyone's name. I know who they are. They're mine. Your children. Children. Something. I know they're, but I couldn't have to say their, their name. And John took me, oh, so you, months. I couldn't say. say his name. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. Like I see even now, I sometimes like, point at your arms and yeah. you, you may say legs legs arms all over the place <laughs> but yeah I couldn't understand how I feel I couldn't express how I felt because I couldn't talk and I, I couldn't talk so I got read quite a lot because it was quiet it was about recovery I think really then you know yeah just having a bit of a quiet space a quiet time and just recharging yourself I think really and uh, you did get your, you were allowed to drive after the four weeks. That was why you went back to work. Oh, like yeah. I knew, I knew again, I could drive. I knew I could do it. But if I, if I wouldn't be able to say it, but I know it, it's hard. You know, red means stop. Yeah. And things like that. But I could, but I know what it is, but I couldn't say it. I started going back to proper, proper work because Holly used to get my, it work. She would take you. And then bring me back. Which is Holly is a, her daughter so who worked very close to where we were yeah so she used to bring me back so I wanted to do like two hours because I, I need I need something for me because what else was I meant to do you needed a focus I did because I just and I wanted it just to be back to normal really Fiona continues to work through the psychological impact of her stroke 
sometimes it's hard like this it's hard sometimes I see look and I think who am I sometimes but on a good day I'm a real I'm, I'm happy I do things that I what I like to do I guess you, you do a lot of things now you're doing a lot of traveling as much as you can I wanted to go traveling and all the things I I wouldn't have done it because I wouldn't have money and I used to do all these things and like everybody come to work and all but my brain now just thinks I don't know how long I'll have what happen really is that is the one thing isn't it I always think I don't know how long I'll have so I like to do all of the stuff I'm trying to just balance it a little yeah bit. I'm either really 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 happy well, I'm really sad and down. Um, there's no in between. I'm all right. I can, I can drive. Um, I don't like, I wouldn't go to like a pub, pub things, uh, things like that. I still, everything who I, who I was, I'm kind of there, but I'm not. That makes sense. You wouldn't go to the pub because of the noise and things like that. It's still yeah. very noisy. Yeah. And you, and you wouldn't drive far. You'd drive like sort of 20 minutes, I half an hour most. tired yeah. all of the time. Like today at work, I yeah. sleep uh, when I'm there. I'm tired. Like me and John, we were always together and it's the same kind of things. And then all of a sudden, an instant, well, I couldn't, I can't drink. I used to smoke, so I couldn't smoke. Everything, and we used to go out. We went a lot. That's what we used to do, and we it was great. But now I'm not the same, and I like he's the same, and I'm I'm not. I feel I'm I'm kind of, not the different person, but I'm different. I don't know how else to say really. I mean, a lot of it is slow going. Going back to work early, I think, was a very good thing for her because she does struggle with her speech, even, even at work. Now, there are only sort of eight, nine of us at the company. It's a very small company. We've known each other. Everyone's known each other. My boys work there and things like that. We've known each other for quite a while. So we were all sort of friends beforehand. But even a small group like that, at the very start, she did struggle, even just listening. It was noisy, even though nobody's particularly loud. It was just too much and she's definitely improving with company. We've been to a gig, which you didn't think you'd do. The improvement is slow with speech and reading, but there is definite, definite improvement. And by going back to work and talking to all these people and almost making herself do it, sometimes she pushes too far. Like she said, she got tired today. Um, sometimes she doesn't know where her stop button is. <laughs> but um by, by making her talk and constantly doing this, it, you do see a vast improvement. For the days where she, she may be at home and she's sort of just pottering around the house, she can then struggle with her words the following day, and you do notice it. We do a podcast ourselves, and the main, first of all, we started off as the main reason for doing a podcast was just to spread the word on, on strokes, and if, specifically aphasia is what Fiona has. But... The podcast, by doing the podcast, it's just me and Fiona and we're in, in, in my room and she can talk. The clearest she talks is on the podcast. It's like she's got so many things she wants to talk about. She wants to talk about her day. She wants to talk about everything she's done, even her stroke and things like this. And because I've known her for a long time and she's relaxed, I've spent quite a lot of time. She can, It flows so much better out of her mouth. She sort of gets 
a little bit, even even on, on your, your podcast here, she's a bit anxious beforehand. She's worried that nobody's going to understand her and, and that almost slows down her words. But by doing the podcast and by talking, it's, it is an improvement. And I do see it, but it, it is a slow grower. She's definitely improving on pretty much everything. She's still coming to terms with who she feels she is now. Yeah. Um, and I think you are actually seeing some sort of therapy thing now, aren't you? It's not quite a counsellor. It's along those lines. Yeah. Um, just to get, just to help you out. But you've almost, like you say, you found yourself a purpose sort of again in life, haven't you? That's what, that's what you've said to me in the past. Yeah. She, she will say sometimes that she's very lucky because she's only got aphasia. So she's still got movement of her limbs and even her face. You know, you couldn't tell she's had a stroke. But that also sometimes works on the other hand where you get sort of embarrassed then because you think people think you're normal until you speak and then you sort of shut down all of a sudden and, and then you get worried about it. When you talk to people, if they say, oh, how are you? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, that little little things here and there. Yeah. Just it, to talk to me, they hear me. But then when I'm trying to say something, else or if I want to say something different and then I feel like sometimes it can be like a drunk and I think part of it is recently she's more come to terms with it a bit more that it's it's you know it's here it's going to be some part of it will be with her forever just keep going just keep going because like I couldn't talk at all like I couldn't so I am getting better like I could go a shop on my own, whereas before that would never happen. I'm, I, I'd rather not be on my own, but I could do. So I do think anybody out there, just keep going. Fiona and Roger have set up a podcast called Conversations with Fee, where she discusses recovering from her stroke and the impact it's had on her life. Check it out. And thank you for listening to Stroke Stories. Please do recommend Stroke Stories to anybody you think it might help. And if you have time, rate and comment on the episodes you hear. It really does help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, our DMs are open on Twitter and Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Listener.